What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. Today is Friday, March 23rd, 2012. This is episode number 55. Um, thank you for listening, and thank you for all the reviews. Uh, I guess you guys loved the... Um, Love the two-half episode 54. I got a lot of feedback about that, positive feedback, where I did half of the podcast from my hotel room before a show, and then did a show and had some drinks, and then did the other half of the podcast that same night after that, and everybody uh, got a kick out of it. So that was a lot of fun. Thanks to Joe Matteris for... uh, for uh, hopping on uh, hopping on the podcast with me again. And by the way, speaking of Joe Matteris, I would like to uh, like to shout out and congratulate Joe Matteris and the entire Matteris family for the birth of his uh, little girl, his daughter uh, Willa, who was born, um, I believe, two days ago. And um, really, really happy for him. You know, uh, as you guys know. My wife is pregnant, and we're expecting a baby girl in about five weeks from now. Um, so it was cool to listen to Joe's reaction and everything, and he was telling me what was uh, going on and all kinds of the emotions because we both have sons. Uh, his son is a year older than uh, his son Luke is a year older than my son Lucas. So yeah, I know it's pretty weird. Joe has a son named Luke. I have a son named Lucas. We kind of live in the same neighborhood. He just had a daughter in five weeks. I'm having a daughter. Um, but definitely, uh, congratulations to him. He sounded elated, uh, rightfully so. And, um, that's just awesome. Uh, not to mention that, uh, Joe and I have the same representation with CH Entertainment. So, uh, this is kind of like a family thing and, uh, happy for him. So if you know Joe, if you go to Joe's shows, if you see Joe, Joe's a regular on Chelsea lately and, um, funny comic, uh, you know, and, um, you know, go to his Facebook, congratulate him or whatever. Or if you see him, just say, Hey, how's your daughter? Verzi was shouting you out on the Verzi effect because that's what Paul Verzi does people. Okay. Pay some damn respect when it's due. Um, all right. What do we got to talk about on episode 55? Um, a lot of things actually, is it going to be an awesome episode? Yes, it is. Because um, there's a shitload of stuff to talk about about sports, but we'll get to that later. Um, I have an unacceptable, which kind of ties into sports, which we'll get to later. Um, But I can't believe the month of March. I can't believe the month of March is already winding down. And uh, April's coming, and I got a big, big April um, coming up here. I'm going to be going back to California to uh, shoot the uh, give you guys an update on the documentary I'm shooting. I'm shooting a documentary movie and I'm going to be going to California. And I can't mention the people's names that are going to be on it, but um there's going to be some people taking part in um m- my documentary film which uh I'm really really ecstatic and humbled to have on the uh, you know in the show uh, in the movie. And I'm um, going out there at the end of April, and we're going to be doing some stuff out there, um, shooting that. I also have a um, another announcement that um, I will share with you guys along my process here. But I will be, um, on April 4th, I will be auditioning for The Letterman Show, um, which I'm kind of excited about. But at the same time, you know, I really got to tailor my material for that show because, um, you know, I've been a lot of, a lot of edgy stuff lately coming out of my mouth, a lot of dark stuff, and uh, so obviously I have to tell that, but I'm real excited to, um, to get in front of the Letterman people and uh, introduce myself to them, and that's going to be on April 4th, so that's, uh, you know, that's a big show, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, I'm looking forward to the challenge, I'm looking forward to the whole process, really, of writing, uh, writing the five minutes and, and figuring out um, you know, that whole TV clean set, which, you know, I have certain things, but I also have certain things which are like, ah, uh, can that go on TV? Maybe, maybe not. So I'm really, uh, really going to embrace the process of writing it and then going down there and actually doing the audition and the whole thing. Um, cause I'm sure that I'm going to learn a lot and, um, you know, hopefully, uh, we'll see what happens. So that's something else. And, and 
There's another big announcement, but this one, folks, this one is going to be um, big. Um, when and if it happens, it looks like it's about 80 to 85 percent done. Um, just trying to get some paperwork uh, figured out and stuff. And obviously, I'm not involved in that. That's my representation and um, the people that they are talking to. But it, it, it's it's definitely really great news, and uh, I'll be thrilled to uh, to share it with you when it's 100%. I don't like to talk about things um, unless they're 100%. So um, I will definitely talk to you guys about this and let you guys know, uh, hopefully within the next week or two, so hopefully in the next uh, couple of Versi Effect episodes here, um, you guys will know what I'm talking about. But if if this does happen, and I'll let you guys know if it doesn't. I'll say, hey, you know what? There was something really big. It fell through, and I'll even tell you guys what it is. But if this does happen, um, this can be really. This is going to be um, just something unbelievably special and something great. So uh, I will. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that afterwards. Um, but stay tuned, everybody, and uh, keep spreading the word and keep sending the uh, iTunes uh, comments because they're growing. We're growing here. Um, all right. I wanted to talk up front uh, to all you people out there who struggle with weight, who struggle with um, just, you know, 12 o'clock at night, you're sitting on your fat ass on your couch watching TV, and you can't help but just carry your fat weight into the kitchen, open the refrigerator and snack like I've done so many times, like even during this strict diet that I'm, I'm on right now, I'm still doing. Uh, it is so hard. Okay, I don't. I'm, I'm addicted. I'm a fucking addicted to jelly beans, gummy bears, and all that shit. And Easter's coming up, and since my wife is pregnant, she comes home with bags of shit that she craves, and she thinks she's hiding it. Ah, still, she's still doing it, people. She's still doing. It. I don't know if it's like she's like, all right, I want to test him and see how much willpower he has during this diet. But anyway, went to the doctor, lost about eight pounds. I'm doing really good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm eating. You know, a ton of things that aren't that delicious. Uh, all these people are so... By the way, if you're one of these people that diet, you go, no, if you just realize that good food is delicious and healthy... No, it's not fucking delicious, all right? I love oatmeal in the morning, but after seven days in a row, I want to puke, all right? Can I, I want some fucking Eggs Benedict, people. All right, I want some bacon with fucking lard on a burger <laughs> with... Uh, <coughs> I don't know, just something that's horrible for your arteries and tastes delicious. All this shit, no, it's delicious. You find those ripe, those ripe fruits off of a farm, and they and they grow them. It's fucking, it sucks. Okay, I want a pizza with fucking everything on it and a huge diet coke every night of the week, but I can't do that. So I'm just gonna talk about it into the microphone so I can, you know, envision or imagine it. Um, but. The diet is going well. Here's what I'm doing, okay? It's worked for me, and if it can work for me, it can definitely work for you. Don't do all this shit where you got to spend money on a gimmicky diet, the South Beach diet, this, and Atkins, where you're fucking starving yourself by eating blocks of cheese and shit. Don't do that, okay? Do what I do. First of all, eat, eat normal size portions. Just a normal portion, Okay? I know you're going to be hungry afterwards, but it takes your brain 20 minutes to realize there's something in your stomach. So during those 20 minutes, do something. Play, you know, words with friends or scramble. By the way, I got to talk about that because I, I got I got to talk about that afterwards. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that afterwards. But anyway, so I'm eating oatmeal a lot in the morning, okay, for, for I guess, um, you know, most of the day, I would say that I'm drinking a ton of water, a lot more water. That's definitely something that helps. The whole thing of like eight glasses of water, eight to ten glasses of water a day, that actually does help. Even though it seems like a lot, do it. Just bang out like two real quick in the morning, and then it makes the rest of the day a little easier. You know, because if it's like midday, four o'clock, and you've had not one glass of water, you're behind. But, man, drink water. I'm pissing like an, like an absolute, I'm just pissing like a horse. I just, I just go, I'm, I'm just emptying my bladder, but it feels good because you could feel yourself getting like cleansed. It's awesome. 
So I'm eating oatmeal, I'm drinking water, I'm cutting back a lot on bread. But here's the key, people. This is the key. This is what I'm learning, okay? And I hope I could help you. If you have a weight problem here, the Verzi effect is for you this week. If you have a weight problem, don't not dabble with things, okay? If you want a slice of pizza and you're in the mood for a slice of pizza, don't say, well, I'm on a strict diet. I can't. Go eat the slice of pizza, Because what happens is if you don't do that, one day you're going to snap and you're going to say, fuck it, I'm hungry. And you're going to start eating pizza and you're going to, I'm going to have it again. Oh, I'll go back to the diet. And you start binging. So then you lose 10 pounds and you gain 25 back. Don't do that. The other day we went out to eat. I had a burger. My wife wanted Carvel ice cream. I said, okay, they got all these crazy fucking things. I was like, I'm just going to get a little cup. I'm going to get a little cup of mint chocolate chip ice cream. A little one. I did it. It was fine. The next day, I drank a lot of water. I watched what I ate, and it felt good. So don't don't cut everything out that you like because then you're going to binge, okay? Also, read things. If there's a shitload of preservatives and stuff, don't eat it. If there's a lot of, you know, like if there's even in, like in the ingredients, if there's like an overload of one thing in there and it's just not good, don't do it. Um, substitute it. You know, if you like candy, try to get sugar-free candy, like all kinds of things like that. Just be conscious of what you're putting in your body. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not on some fatty diet. I'm drinking water. When I don't want water, I'll have like a vitamin water or like a diet Snapple, staying away from soda, staying away from beer, all that shit, you know, Uh, cooking, eating home-cooked meals, uh, a lot more rice, um... You know, if I do eat pasta, it's a smaller amount, and I'm not eating a fucking loaf of bread with it, you know? My wife used to make garlic so- uh, garlic bread. I used to just throw down like half a loaf of garlic bread. None of that shit anymore, and it's working. It's working. It was funny. I was in the bedroom with no shirt on the other night, and I looked at my wife, and I caught my wife looking. I caught my wife looking at the stomach, and I wanted to be like, yeah, you know. You know, bitch. You know what's happening. I can't call my pregnant wife. I didn't mean bitch like real bitch. I meant like just, you know, like woman bitch. But I, I don't even want to say that because she's pregnant. Um, and that's not cool. But, you know, I was just like, yes, you see what's happening here. Um, one time, this is how you know. One time, this is great. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the um, podcast before. I might have. But uh, a few people didn't hear it. Or for my new listeners, I'll, I'll tell you. One time, this is how I knew I was doing good with a diet, and I knew that I was starting to look better. Out of nowhere, I was getting dressed, and uh, she was half joking, my wife. But I'm, I'm out of nowhere, she's sitting there, and I'm, I'm getting dressed, and I'm ready to go out to a show. And my stomach and everything was going down, and I, I was, my face, everything, I was just getting thinner, leaner, looking good. And my wife just out of nowhere goes, "I just want to let you know, if you cheat on me, I will fucking kill you." She said something along those lines of like me doing something like that. And um, that just gave me the go-ahead, like, you look good, pal. Keep going. Um, So, you know, oatmeal, rice, water, you know, a bunch of shit that makes you happy. The key for me is, like, after 11 o'clock at night. So what I do is if I get hungry after 11 o'clock at night, I, um, you know, I drink water and I try to, I'm already going to say, all right, I'm going to do damage to this diet right now because I'm hungry. So then you just go into damage control mode, like, okay, I'm going in, but I'm not going to eat the frozen pizza. Maybe I'll just have a handful of whatever. Like, you know, it sucks when you eat like a handful of pretzels and drink water when you're starving. But just things like that. So, uh, eight pounds. I'm going to keep going. I want to get to, um, you know, because you get health problems. I want to get to like 175, 170. Um, But you get health problems as you get a little older. You know, I'm 33. I'm nipping in the bud right now. All my blood work came back good the last time I did it. And, um, it's scary, man. When you get older, I see people from high school just fucking fat messes. You ever see people you haven't seen in a while and they just, like, just totally threw in the towel because they have kids? You know, even women, too, just fat in the face, just walking around with their in their SUV, throwing their two, three kids in the SUV. They all, you know, they're all eating gallons of milk. I mean, uh, <laughs> gallons of, <laughs> of ice cream constantly. You know, and the mother and the father just threw in the towel. Just two monsters walking around with their babies. It's fucking embarrassing. It really is. You know, especially in this day and age. 2012, you could look good. I worked with a guy who was in his mid-50s. He goes to the gym all the time. Guy looked phenomenal. Mid-50s, flat stomach, everything. Lean, skinny. 
you know, looked like he could have easily been in his 40s, but he was in his mid-50s because he takes care of himself. That's what I'm, I'm trying to learn this now before I get there. You know, I'm, I'm just in my 30s, so I still, I still probably got another, like, 15 years of looking good before everything just fucking just, everything just, oh, man, isn't it sad when you see somebody, even a celebrity that used to be, like, amazing, and now they're, like, in their 60s, and they're trying everything they can, like, Botox, and, and as you could just tell, it's just over. It's fucking, it's just over. There's nothing else you could even do. Uh, sad. Sad, but I'm trying to help my heavy uh, Versi Effect listeners. Okay? If you're heavy and you want to do something, you can do it. Trust me. I'm Italian and Greek. Nobody likes to eat more than me. No, I fuck. I eat when I'm full. You ever eat a chicken parm? It's so good. You're like, fuck it. I'm still going. I'm so full. Another bite I'm going to throw up. So I'm just going to sit here and try to like burp so I could throw like three more bites down my throat. It's disgusting. It's ridiculous. And it can't be done anymore. But I was I was there. And um, I, you know the funny thing is I never got heavy, heavy. My whole life, the most I've ever been is like 200 pounds. I was like the heaviest. But I'm five foot eight. So, you know, I think when I was in high school, I was like 170, 175, and that's what I'm, I'm trying to get there. I think I'm like 12 pounds away from that, and 12 pounds makes a big difference. So, you know, when you're walking into the pizza place, just say, man, I don't want to be a fat fuck. I'm eating salads like crazy. I'm starting to eat fish. Eat salads, man. I don't even care. If people say, oh, you look like a pussy ordering it. Don't worry. Yeah, you be the pussy who's, you know, could see his dick. How about that? While your fat friend can't see his dick, you be the pussy that they make fun of during that meal. But, you know, you could see your feet when you take a shower. I never understood that. The friends that always shit on somebody doing good. You know that? The guy, yeah, what are you going to eat? A salad, you pussy? Why don't you get a Philly cheesesteak? And you're just thinking, I don't want to get a Philly cheesesteak because I don't want my neck to look like yours. You pig. Okay, you eat it and then you go home and feel bad about it and cry in a fetal position. And I'll be doing jumping jacks in my living room feeling good about myself. Uh, so that's how the diet's going. I'm focused, people. I'm focusing on the diet. Do the same thing. Just don't cut everything you like out. I think that that's key. I think that's key. Because, yeah, you may have a bad day or two. That's okay. Then you bounce back the next couple of days. You just don't want to say, oh, the diet's over. Now I'm going to go off. Um. Okay, another thing that I wanted to talk about on this episode, and this is um, this is serious. And 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 folks, if you have any anything that um, with your family or your children or somebody that you knows children that got bullied, got you know bullied in school, and 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 a family was having a tough time with this, uh, email me, email me, and email um, and and I'll talk about it, and and I, I'll just you know I'm just trying to. I guess I'm just trying to bring awareness um, to bullying on on the Verzi effect, and and if I could affect one person or help one person, that's why I'm doing it. You know, I don't know, f- you know, fully how many listeners that I have. I know the number of listeners that I have are going up every week, which I, as I've mentioned every episode, I appreciate. And I'm trying to get up to a number where I could get a sponsor and maybe get some money for this thing to just keep it getting better and bigger and growing and promote it more and market it. Um, but you know, that's in the future. But if I could change one person or help one person here, that's what I want to do. Because I've been hearing a lot of things about bullying and, and Lady Gaga talking about how she was bullied. Uh, and, and, and you know, just bullying is a real fucking problem, man. And, um, you know, it actually affected me one time um, for a very brief time. Because, um, you know, A, I, I don't put up with shit. And B, like, you know, it, it's... It was a situation that I was in that kind of made me feel this way or put me in this situation, which is something really, really hard. I'm going to talk about it now. Um, but this is basically this section of the podcast or, you know, will be um, a, just about bullying and some and some really honest shit. And uh, if you don't want to hear it, uh, I'm going to talk about sports afterwards. So uh, so don't worry. I got a lot of stuff that I want to talk about. Talk about, you know, the Peyton Manning, the Tim Tebow, the, the penalties um, that were handed down by the NFL to uh, Sean Payton and the rest of the uh, coaching staff of the uh, New Orleans Saints. We're going to talk about all that shit. So I, I, know, I know that I'm going to get to that, and we got some plugs afterwards to do. But for just a little bit, I want to talk about this bullying thing. Bullying is seriously... Um, so unbelievably hurtful 
and so painful to children and kids at so many different ages and levels. And um, I don't know, um, it's not online anywhere, but my new act, a lot of my new act and a lot of the new things that I'm doing in my act um, are not on YouTube or anything that you can access um, you know, from your computer or phones or anything. And that's just because I'm working on, uh, my first album and I really don't want many things out there. I may put one or two things up, but you know, one thing I'm talking about is, you know, the love that I have for my son and the fear of my son or now my daughter who's coming in five weeks being bullied. And I kind of joke around about what I would do to the people that did it. And, um, you know, just, you know, just just talk about it for in, in a real honest way, and it really connects with the crowd and everything, but um, it's a serious thing, and a lot of the things that I say in my act about it is serious. It's like, I can't handle that shit, you know, um, to, bullying is something that is so, it is, it's one of these things that, like, that you can't really find out what the, what the impact of it is until later, because it sits with somebody, and it, it it hurts. And I'll tell you guys a story about something that happened to me. Now, um, when I was growing up, I grew up in Westchester County, New York, which is, uh, for the people that don't know, it's the first borough after New York City. So it basically goes, um, you know, you got you got Queens and Staten Island, and then, you know, you have, um, you have uh, Harlem, Manhattan, then you have the Bronx, and then right above the Bronx starts Yonkers. Um, they were actually going to make Yonkers a sixth borough. Um, at, at one point, but they decided to just uh, keep Yonkers Westchester County. So once you cross over the border from Yonk uh, from the Bronx into Yonkers, uh, you're in Westchester. Now I was born in Yonkers, and um, you know my parents really had a, a really um, just a bitter, brutal, just hurtful and hateful divorce when my brother was ten and I was five. Now, uh, my brother saw more of it because, uh, you know, obviously he was older and I was just this little kid. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I just knew that, you know, I went from a really nice house to like a single bedroom apartment with my mom and my brother. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I I was really popular when when I went to school. You know, I played sports and, you know, um, girls liked me. I was real outgoing, um, easygoing easygoing kind of how you know I'm always I've always been an easygoing you know I think uh easy to get along with person I find not being that way is um just ridiculous but anyway you know you are who you are so I would go to school and I'd be popular and then my mom moved me in third grade to uh, West Harrison East White Plains they call it West Harrison now and it was a good neighborhood and it was a great school a lot of Italians so uh, it was funny because there's all these like Italian landscapers. I was friends like with all their kids. I was this little kid and I, I went to the elementary school there and I got really, really popular fast. And then I went to the junior high there and like, I'm not going to lie, you know, girls liked me, man. I had girlfriends all the time. I was playing sports. I was like me and my friend, um, me and my friend Donnie Belfiore, Donnie Belfiore, we ran shit, man. It was like me and him and like we were, we were playing sports. We were taking over. We were taking over. Um, and then, um, in eighth grade, my mom and stepfather started hinting that they were going to move me and they wanted to move upstate New York, like Dutchess County. And I was begging my mom, no, you can't do this to me. And, um, you know, I was playing football and the, and and the coaches, they wanted to groom me into like in ninth grade, I was going to play for the freshman of the JV and and be the backup quarterback because they loved the way how I threw the ball. And, And I was really excited about it, man. And I knew, I knew that. If I went, you know, if and when I went to, to Harrison High School with my buddy, we were just going to, it was just going to be ridiculous. And then I started to realize the moving away from this was a reality. Now, the high school that I would have went to, Harrison High School, had like a total of like 400 and something students. The high school my mom moved upstate to was like 1,800, okay, which means education goes down a ton of people. And, uh, you know, it's just that much bigger of a, of a pond that I need to, you know, that I need to swim in here. So... I'm begging them, I'm begging them, and then they drop it on me, and for eighth grade, I move away, so I moved to upstate New York, Fishkill, New York, okay, and it was probably, I'm not kidding, like, still to this day, I think about it, and I, um, I still, it's still one of the most hard, hard things that I did, I made the best of it, yes, and I'll get to that, but it was really fucking just, 
Um, I, I, I still, even though I forgive my mother and I understand what they did and they needed to get a house and all that shit, I understand that now, you know, being a man, being a, a husband and a father, I get it, but still, like, I just don't like that they did it and I, and, and it still, you know, bothers and, and pains me to think about. Um, so we move upstate to Fishkill, New York, and I had to go to the elementary school and I never forget the first day we were driving. Um, my mom was driving me to the school and I looked and they were like, hey, this is like in the early 90s. And they were like, hay fields. And I saw a cow. And I just started crying. I was like, there's a fucking cow. They're like cursing at her on the way to school. How the fuck can you? Like, she took me from this thing, like this, like this, this unbelievable situation where like I was popular, like, like older girls liked me. I, mean, I was running shit. You know, like, I was running shit. Like, other girls in high school knew about me when I was in junior high school coming up. Like, that's the shit. I was running shit, okay? And I I get taken from this, and now I'm going to some school where nobody's going to know me, and I'm seeing fucking cows, and I'm crying, I'm cursing at my mom and shit. And um, it was insanely painful. So I go there, and then slowly but surely, like, middle of the year, girls started to, like, you know, like me, and then the dudes started to hear that the girls started to like me, and then I was athletic, and then so if I got thrown into a game, I could play. And then I slowly start to get, you know, I slowly start to get popular, but I'll never forget, during this time, I was so defeated and down, and here's where the bullying comes in. I was so just hurt and didn't know anybody, and I saw the tables in, in the cafeteria at lunch of the, um you know, of the popular kids, and, you know, they didn't know me, so I couldn't just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be sitting here, you know, like, I couldn't do that, they didn't know, so, like, I was literally sitting with kids that I guess were kind of the outcasts, I don't know, you know, I minded my business, I got my lunch, and I just sat there, and I was, like, the new kid, but I remember a couple things happened, two incidences happened that really, to this day, um, I still think about it, and it still hurts me, um, one was, I remember I was so upset and I was telling my mom, I'm not going to school anymore. Fuck this. I'm done. And they're like, you can't. Like, they have this, like, petition thing. Like, if the kids don't do that, they could put you in this thing and take you from your, whatever it was. And, and I was like, fuck this. I'm not going. And I was real defiant. Like, I was like, how can you do it to me? Like, I was talk shit to my mom. and You know, in my mom, I was always respectful to my mom, and, and, uh, except during this, this time of my life. And uh, I remember standing in line at the cafeteria to get, you know, lunch. And I was just standing there, and, like, this group of kids walked by, and, like, they cut me. And and it was, like, and it wasn't even popular kids that cut me. It was just, like, these fucking dirty fucking, like, dirtbag kids that were, like, yeah, yeah. And one of them was, like, no, I think he was next. And then, like, I guess their leader, whoever the fuck that was, you know, was just, like, ah, whatever. Like, you know, because I was alone and new, and they were in a pack. They knew what am I gonna do, and it was it was such a shitty feeling. But I didn't have it in me at the time. I didn't have it in me at the time to fight it, because I was so down and hurt. So my mind was, how am I gonna get out of this? Like I I was almost like I almost felt like uh, you know Andy Dufresne, Tim Robbins in Shawshank Redemption, where like you kind of just put your head down and deal with stuff because you're thinking about how the fuck you're gonna get out of it. So in a sense, I was building my tunnel out of there mentally. I was building my tunnel out of there so I would let things go. And um, you know, I remember the other thing where I was walking down the steps and some dude just bumped into me and he just pushed me kind of hard like on the side or in my chest and he goes, "Dick." He goes, dick, and he did it, like, with fucking real mouth, like, evil shit. And, and again, I kind of just, like, looked at him, and he walked away, you know, it wasn't like, I didn't, I didn't have to, it was most, more like a push, but still, I remember that, and I was so defeated and hurt that I couldn't do anything, and, and all my anger was going towards the people that put me there, but, so meanwhile, I was still getting on the train every weekend, going back to my hometown, um, and hanging out with those people on weekends, like, I was like, fuck it then, I'm just gonna be with my people, I'll deal with this shit during the week, and then slowly what started to happen was, I started to gain a lot of, um, just gain a lot of, you know, popularity at the school that I was in, and, um, people towards the end of that eighth grade year, people really started to like me and want to hang out with me and like got to know me. And then I started to become popular. And then when I got into ninth grade, when I got into the high school, um, you know, one of the prettiest girls in the school, um, uh, you know, became my girlfriend and like, 
I remember like seniors were asking this girl to the to the prom when she was a freshman and she was with me. And then I started to like, you know, then I just started to know everybody and I got real popular. And uh, I took that motherfucker over too. <laughs> 1800, everybody knew me. I did, I did what I had to do. And all those people that first saw me and first, you know, didn't know me and did that, they were kind of like, wow, I can't believe we did that to that guy. You know, and like they showed the respect. Um, and one time a bunch of dudes were making fun of these jeans I was wearing, but it was because my mom got, she got me these ugly color, like rust color jeans when I was like in eighth or ninth grade and like people were making, and I was like, and I thought about it, I was like, no, that wasn't bullying. Those jeans were terrible. But those are, those are the main two incidences. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm 33 years old and I have a son and I'll hurt people. I will hurt people. Like if this shit ever happens to my son and I find out I'm like, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to sound tough. I am dead serious. I if 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 I find this out, fuck going to the school. I'll go to the school, but I'm gonna tell the school that they need to call the cops because I'm going after the kids and his parents. I'm, and I'm not even kidding around, people. I will make people's life miserable. I will pull some movie villain shit where I'm standing and sitting in the parking lot, just staring through my rearview mirror, waiting to terrorize somebody's life if this shit comes down to my family. It's not gonna fucking happen with me. It's not going to happen. My son will not feel that pain. My daughter will not feel that pain. As long as I am standing upright, that shit is not going to fucking happen. And, and you know, and, and bullying needs to stop, man. It does. There needs to be a stand. I remember that guy in, you know, I talked about on the podcast, that guy in Florida who got on the bus and he started screaming on kids who were making fun of his daughter who had some kind of illness. But you know something? It stopped. It stopped. He stopped it. They were, I forgot where they were. They were on Oprah. They were on something and he was crying. But they stopped it. And the guy was going to go to jail for it, but good for him. I wanted to actually get that guy. I want to talk to that guy. Uh, I, I, I want to try to get that guy in the podcast. Or when I have the ability, which I'm working on, to get people on the phone during this show, I'm going to do that. But bullying has to stop. And if you see it or if somebody that you know is going through it, you know, don't just go to the principal. See, some of these parents, they just go to the principal. Okay, we'll do what we can, sir. And it doesn't. And then the kids are like, oh, you're going to tattletale. Fuck that. You hire somebody to find the kid, pin him against the fucking wall, stick a gun in his mouth and be like, dude, it's you and your parents if it happens one more time. <laughs> I know that's a little much. All right, maybe not a gun in his mouth because then you could, but you know what I'm saying. I'm talking about instilling real fear. That YouTube clip of the bully getting fucking schooled. That one big fat kid that the skinny kid is punching. And finally the fat kid just picks him up and slams him down. It looks like his leg breaks. And the kid's just laying there in agony. Can't even move. It was epic. You know? And, um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, what if I wasn't a outgoing, nice, you know, kid? What if I was introverted? What if I was quiet? What if that one time I just went into his shell and never came out of it? You could hurt somebody later. You could hurt yourself later. These people killing themselves, you know, these gay kids killing themselves and shit because they, they can't defend themselves and they get bullied. So they just figured to die. I mean, that's so fucking horrific, man. It really is. It's just, it's so, um, sad to understand that somebody could get that down. And be that, you know, this life is short, man. This life needs to be lived to have fun and live your dreams and do what you want to do. And because of some bullying in school, man, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen with me, you know. Um, so I just want to, you know, talk about this and make aware that it's not just the people. And I know there's probably a lot of people that know me that are like, wow, I had no idea, you know, that Verzi would have gotten bullied. Like, you know, I remember one time I talked about this on stage. And a comedian um, came on stage afterwards and was like, man, I wouldn't imagine somebody like Paul, you know, stick, you know, worrying about like talking, like helping his son with bullying. I would think Paul would be like more a man up, man up, fight back. Yeah, of course you fight back. But but I'm 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 definitely sensitive to the thing because, you know, I was put in a situation where that was really hard. And, and luckily I was able to come out of it. But, you know, I mean, look at it. I'm talking about it on my podcast at 33 years old. Okay, and this shit happened to me when I was, what, 14, 15 years old? And I'm still talking about it, or, or 13 years old? So, it obviously is something that I remember perfectly. So, imagine somebody that's introverted and not outgoing and can't can't really, you know, come out of something like this. You know? 
And uh, the last thing I'll talk about bullying um, is, is um, you know, I talk in my act about how I like to stick up for the nerd, and I did. I stuck up for nerds. Like, I, bullies, like, I, I, people wouldn't bully around me. You know, I don't want to see that shit. Um, and I remember I went to school with, um, I went to school with a girl named Sabrina. Her name was Sabrina Lompey. Shout out to Sabrina. She's listening to this. She lives out in Boston now. And, uh, I never forget she said this to me. And I remember this vaguely. But, um, Sabrina has problems with her eyes. She was in my class and she's got, you know, I don't know, nearsighted or whatever it is. But I guess she can't drive and I don't know if that means legally blind. I mean, she could see, but it's not, you know, great at all. And uh, this dude, this dude named Dom was making fun of her in school and made her cry. And I was friends with her. And I went up to her in junior high and I said, well, why are you crying? She said, well, so-and-so said something to me and made me feel real bad. And um, I remember being so mad and pissed off. Um, so I found a dude. I was like, that's it. No, no, no. He's got to get humiliated now. I'm going to bully him. I'm bullying the bully. So I, I made him come over and he was bigger than me too, but I made him come over and I said, you did this? And he was like, yeah. And I said, you're not leaving school until you get on your knees and you bark like a dog in front of her. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe two wrongs don't make a right, but in this situation, I think it taught a lesson and it felt really good. Um, and he was like, what? And I said, I will beat you. I said, you are not leaving school today until you get on your knees and you bark like a dog in front of this girl, period. And and uh, he did it. He did it. He got on his knees and he barked like a dog. And she laughed and it made her feel better, oddly. Um, and he did, never did it again to her. And it felt good. So I remember when my son was born, uh, I talked to her. And uh, when I was performing in Boston, and she said, I hope he has your heart. And I said, I didn't understand what that means. And then she told me that story and reminded me of it. And, um, you know, people remember things like that. And people remember, like, the good and, and the, the, the time that they felt bad. And then, you know, somebody helped them or somebody, you know, didn't make them feel like that. It made them feel opposite. Um I remember there was a kid that killed himself in ninth grade. He hung himself in my high school in ninth grade. And I think the day that he did, he was bullied and picked on. And I know I wasn't one of the people, and I was glad that I wasn't. Um, it's just a fucking problem is what it is. And it needs to stop. And I think, you know, and it's not, and for anybody out there going, oh, this bullying, like bullying is, a, what happened to fighting back and being this and that and pussies? No, 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 it's, it's different. It's, it's not, it's not a, Anybody that knows me knows I'm not a fucking I'm not a fucking nerd and I'm talking about this. I'm not a fucking pussy. I'm not a nerd, you know? I'll fight. I have fought. If I have to fight, I fight cuz I got heart. That's what I do. If, if 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 I can't lay down for something. So it's not one of these things and I really get pissed off when people are like, "But don't you just find it back in the day there was no such thing as like the problem of bullying?" No, there was, but a lot of people kill themselves. A lot of people suck at in life because of this. And a lot of people live with hurt and pain because of it. So, you know, that's what, another reason why I wanted to kind of talk about this. Because, you know, people think that this comes from nerdy stuff. Or, or, or nerds who can't defend themselves. But no, I was in a situation. And like I said, I'm thankful that it was brief. So... If you can help anybody with this or, you know, if, if you're a young person and you're listening to this and you go to school and you see it, man, step up for somebody and let them know that, they're, you know, that, that you won't stand for it either because it goes a long way. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed me sharing that with you. Um, that's about as honest and as real as I can get with, with that whole thing. Um, and uh, I'll be honest with you, you know, during a lot of podcasts and I talk, you know, we talk about stuff and, and shoot the shit or I do to you guys and you guys listen, but, um, you know, talking about stuff like that, it feels different. It feels like, um, even though I'm sitting here talking alone, I feel you guys feeling this, if that makes sense. And for you comedians out there listening to this, that's the difference in growing with your act. Okay, right there. The difference in growing in your, in your act and and just being funny is is what I just did with this and 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 I, I the, the the same feeling I get when I'm on stage and I'm talking real and you get funny but you're talking real okay um 
if you can do that and you can find the funny when you talk about things that you're really being honest about, whatever it may be, um, that's the difference. And, uh, you know, and you could feel the difference when you talk it and you can, and you can see the difference in the people that listen to it. So, um, you know, I hopefully that could be, that can, that can help because that's something that turned things around for me in the last couple of years on stage. So thank you for listening to that. And, um, right now we will do some sports, um, sports, Peyton Manning to the, to the Denver Broncos. And I like this and here's why I like it. Peyton Manning to the 49ers would have probably, probably meant a Super Bowl. But what I like what he did here was he kind of kept his, um, relationship with Elway and, and comfortability with that whole situation on the forefront and also, I think what he did here, which is another thing that I liked, was he knew if he went to the 49ers and won a Super Bowl, which was probably likely, especially with that defense and that coach, that people would have said, oh, he just kind of pulled like a LeBron James, even though LeBron and them didn't win. He's kind of just pulling like uh, going to the going to the, the team to go get a ring, like a, you know... He kind of took the way where, like, no, I'm going to stay with the people I'm comfortable with and stay here in Denver and try to do it that way. And I like that. Because now if he wins a Super Bowl with Denver, it's going to be like, wow, like, he did it. He didn't just go to a place that was, like, really set up to win. He had to work for it. And I like that. I like that he did it. I think it's a good fit. I think it, also the fact that they gave him $96 million, 50 guaranteed shows that the Denver Broncos, uh, nobody's going to just give you that if you're not cleared medically. You know, if the if these surgeons who are number one in the world at doing this for athletes are saying he can play, a 300-pound man could jump on his neck and he's at the same amount of risk as anybody else, then of course they're going to give him that money. And I think that's what happened. And I think he's got some game left. I think he's got about three good years left in him. I think he'll play till he's 40. I think uh, so he'll play probably four more years. And I think that he's got three good ones left. And I think it's a great move for Denver. Good for him for getting that money, for working his way back. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Colts. But I love the move. And I'm not going to lie. I like how the 18 looked in that orange jersey. So, um, you know, John Elway is one of my favorite ever. And I always liked, even though I'm a Giants fan, I always liked Denver. And I'll be pulling for Denver uh, more. And just so you guys know, and this will tie right into the T- Tim Tebow thing. What did I say? I said Tim Tebow is not... The Broncos wouldn't have got rid of him if he could pass the ball. He's not a quarterback yet. He's not a quarterback in the NFL yet. Okay? He's a guy with a ton of intangibles. He's a great, you know, winner. He's a great competitor. But he's not a guy that will, you know, really be able to stand in the pocket, throw the football 30, 40 yards down the field consistently and thread the needle and do that more times than not. He's not that. You know, it's a gimmick, throw this, throw that, flea flickers in the fucking first play of the game with wide receivers and stuff. And they knew it, and John Elway and them said, we got to get we gotta, we gotta get this. Listen, if Tim Tebow was a really, really big asset to the Denver Broncos in their passing game, they wouldn't have traded him to the Jets for two draft picks. All right? Now, going on to that, let me just say that... Um, the Tim Tebow to the New York Jets is an absolute disaster for the Jets. It is a fucking disaster. It looks good now. Mike Francesa said something on the fan. I'm not going to take any credit for this. I'm just going to repeat what he said and agree with it. He said, there's one reason and one reason only Tim Tebow is on the New York Jets and it has nothing to do with football. The Jets are not in the limelight in New York. They are second fiddle once again. The New York Giants kept their mouth shut while fat mouth blabbed they were going to win a Super Bowl. And they and, and not only did the Jets not win a Super Bowl, the other New York team did. You know how embarrassing that is? And I'm going to get off this whole Jets hating thing this year. It's going to be different. I'm not going to be hating on the Jets this year because Rex Ryan looks like he learned his lesson. And my new target is Jim Harbaugh not shaking other coaches' hands. So I'm going to be going at him this year. All right, so I'm, I'm off your back, Jet fans. But this is the last thing I'll say. The Jets got Tim Tebow for PR to be back in the limelight to kind of have people talking about the Jets again. Do you understand that there's going to be rumblings for him to start now? 
This is a disaster for Sanchez, who's already probably mentally fragile after coming off the worst season of his career when the fans didn't want him there anymore. And then now he's got Tim Tebow on the bench waiting. Are you kidding me? This guy who, like, visits with kids in hospitals two minutes before kickoff and is a competitive nut job and is, is, is wants to play and wants to be in a game and wants to compete to start, and that's going to make Mark Sanchez feel better? This is terrible. This is the Jets basically saying, we need people to talk about us again. We need a buzz back. And I think it's a horrible move, and I think in the long run it's going to be the demise of Mark Sanchez unless it lights a fire under his ass and he plays great. I don't know if that could happen, but why even have that guy sitting on the bench? I have no idea. I have no idea. I think it's a terrible, terrible move. I think it's a terrible move all around. Okay, the Jets are going to sell jerseys and do all that shit with it, but you have your starting quarterback who's going to be freaking out knowing that this this guy Tim Tebow had fans in New York before he got to New York. He had fans in New York probably before he got to Denver. He had fans all over the country when he played for Florida. And as much as people hate on Tim Tebow for all of his praying and his religion, there's just as many, if not more, people in the country that love him for it. And they're in New York, and they're in California, and they're in the, Tim Tebow is a is like a phenomenon. He's 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 a just such a unbelievably dominating figure in sports because of the person he is, his competitive nature. The kid's building hospitals in in Haiti. Like the kid just like on his time off. Like you know what I do on my time off? This is what I do on my time off. On my time off, I lay on the fucking couch. Maybe I go get a slice of pizza. Maybe I go play basketball. Maybe I try my stupid salads for my diet. I hang out with people I care about, and that's it. I sit around. I do nothing, okay? Tim Tebow builds fucking hospitals and goes to Africa and, like, hugs sick kids in his time off, all right? And he's a competitor, and he does have, like, an intangible. He's like a winner, and he's on the Jets bench right now. Are you shitting me? It's a terrible move. It's a terrible move, okay? I had to help a lady at a store, and it annoyed me. I did it. I smiled. I said, oh, ma'am, can I help you? And she said, yeah, I didn't even want to fucking do it. But I did it. This guy would, like, lay down on his face and have her walk over his back just so, like, she didn't have to feel, like, it's ridiculous. And and now you have this saint sitting on, oh, my God, what a great su- segue. I could say, speaking of saint. Um. Yeah, I, it's just I don't know. I just think it's a terrible move. I should. I said I was gonna come back to something on the other thing. I said I was gonna come back to something, and now I can't fucking remember what it was. Um. Anyway, I think Tim Tebow to the Jets is a terrible move. Um. And now the NFL. Oh my God, did they give a punishment to this guy? And you know something? A lot of you guys are not going to agree, but I think the punishment that they gave to the New Orleans Saints coach was justified. I do. I think that the they, they did a ton of research and they found out that part of the Saints game plan was to actually injure and hurt players and get them out of the game. Part of their game plan. And they got money if they actually injured a guy. That's fucked up, man. And you know something that does? That takes food out of out of your children's mouths. Not only do you could you lose your career, you could even lose your life. If a guy just goes to fucking rip your knee or something and like, you know, and and, and another guy hits you in the back and you get paralyzed or something like this is this is terrible. You could lose your life, you could lose your career. You know, who knows, you know, plus with concussions, guys getting depressed later because of concussions, they kill themselves. I think that this guy, Sean Payton, got off, got off easy. You know, you could be banned for, you could be banned for that. If they find out proof you had knocked that guy's fucking head off, take him out of the game, break his leg and shit, and you're going to get paid for it. When that, when players start to know that, that's really bad. I think, I, I'm not a big fan of Goodell and all the shit that he's doing with the examples that he's done to players, but I think they got this one right. I do. I, I think that the NFL is saying we can't allow this. But we need to set a precedent right now. We this can't this can't spread in the league for people to do this. It's just it's ridiculous. You know, you're taking somebody's you're taking somebody's legs away. You're taking somebody's brain power away. All this shit. You know, for a little extra dollars, for a few extra dollars, so you win a game. I mean, that's crazy to me. Um, and I agree with it. Um. Uh, 
you know, an unacceptable for the week will be that. Unacceptable for the week will be the Giants doing the Sanchez thing, uh, you know, doing this, uh, putting this pressure on Sanchez with Tebow, unacceptable. And, uh, you know, the Saints, the New Orleans Saints. I used to like the Saints. I used to like their colors. I used to like watching them play. Now I kind of don't really wish them well. Uh, that's what that's what shit like this does. You know, it's 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 a terrible thing. Um, but, you know, that's what, you know, winning is tough and people will do anything to win. But when it comes to breaking the rules like that, I mean, that's just, you know, that's just like low. That's just, I don't know. Taking a guy's... Taking a guy's career or trying to, you know, I mean, you saw what they did to Brett Favre and what they did to, to some of the hits they put on Kurt Warner. And these guys are laying out there. I mean, 350 pound guys that could run like a fucking gazelle hitting you after the whistle's blown just so they get like a free, you know, whatever the hell they were getting from the Saints and the coaches knew. And then, and then this is what really made the penalties big, though. They found out, the NFL found out that the Saints were hiding it. Like the Saints were. You know, like, okay, you know, we got to cover it up this way. And I think that's what ultimately did it. But, you know, let that guy sit and think about what the hell he did for a year. Fuck him. Fuck the Saints. I'm against the Saints this year. Fuck him. I hope they lose. And I hope this comes back and fucking curses that shitty franchise again. Turns them back into the Aints. How about that? You know? And I know Drew Brees is upset. Saying, and I like Drew Brees. But you know what? It, fuck him and that stupid fucking mark on his face for this. That hairy mole that's sitting on his... Cut that off already. I get it. Yeah, it's your character. We saw it. Take the fucking thing off. All right? Okay, now it's time for plugs. Plugs. Um. Hopefully, I'm going to be plugging something big really soon, people. It's coming, I think. We don't know yet. Fingers crossed. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But if it does, oh, man. Um, plugs for the week. This Saturday, tomorrow night, I will be in Uncasville, Connecticut at Mohegan Sun Casino. Yes, that's right. Where I will go in, I will do my time, I will eat my meal, and I will leave, and I will not gamble my money away. That is tomorrow night at Mohegan Sun. And then, uh, what do I have? The following week, I will be at the Brokerage Comedy Club in Long Island, in Belmore, Long Island, Friday and Saturday. And then that Sunday night, April 1st, I will be opening for my buddy, my good pal, the one, the only, Bill Burr. Uh, I will be opening for him for the second time at the Terrytown Music Hall in uh, Terrytown, New York, right here in Westchester County, which is right in my backyard. Looking forward to that. And then uh, I'll be going out to Los Angeles, and hopefully me, Burr, and my buddy Sean will be hitting up a Lakers game uh, later in the month. So... Um, so that's what it is. It's Mohegan Sun tonight. It's the Brokerage Comedy Club Friday and Saturday next week and Sunday, April 1st, April Fool's Day. Uh, myself and Bill Burr at the Terrytown Music Hall. This has been episode 55. Thank you for listening. Send in your comments. Please put your comments in on iTunes and, um, please spread the word about the podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys more than you know. And until episode 56, episode Lawrence Taylor, I'm out.